Hello and welcome to the Artist Appeals. This is the podcast where we try to answer the question, how do you make money with your art? We want to know, how do you make a living in the creative fields? So whether you are an artist, an illustrator, a photographer, a sculptor, whatever your medium or substrate may be, we try to get some answers. We interview leading industry experts from all walks of the field, from creative industry associations to manufacturers of products and brands. We talk to photographers, glass blowers, hand letterers, anybody and everybody we can get our hands on to find the secret sauce. What are the common threads to making a living in the arts? Welcome, I'm your host, Erin Sparler, pleased to meet you, and this is Season 3 of The Artist Appeals. In this episode, I am very excited. Hey there, and welcome. In this episode, I'm very excited to introduce you to the CEO and founder of Creative Industry Association. This gentleman has a fun and fabulous English accent, so it's a pleasure to talk with him and to listen. He was formerly the executive director of the Association for Creative Industries. He's a host and wealth of knowledge, and he shares it very generously with us today. He also shares a special offer, a custom offer for you, the listener, at the end. So be sure to listen or scroll forward to the end and be sure to mention that you heard it here on The Artist Appeals. Without further ado, please allow me to introduce you to the founder and CEO of the Creative Industry Association, Craig D'Souza. Fantastic. Hey, Craig, how are you? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? <laughs> I'm awesome. So happy, so happy to get hold of you. I know, and I do apologise. It has been kind of a, 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 a nightmare 226 days, I believe, that the UK is, is in this kind of pandemic. And then I haven't <sighs> been well, and then picking up kids and life in general. So I'm so sorry, but but at least no worries. Now. we've made it and now we're talking, which is fantastic. And I'm excited to, to kind of answer your questions. And, and Well, you know, I think this is a great example of follow up, follow up and follow up again, because life happens and you can't let, you know, when somebody says, oh, I can't or it doesn't work out, you just got to keep reaching out keep reaching out that's one of the biggest tips i would ever offer to artists is to just follow up follow up follow up follow up yeah ne- never for artists for me never take things personally when somebody mm. says when somebody says no to you don't think that it's the, the final no nail in the coffin it could be that the, the timing isn't right the season isn't right the color or the style isn't right for that specific time I've got a great um, sales statistic poster on my wall, um, and it mentions that 80% of sales are made on the 5th to the 12th attempt of contact. Whoa, 5th to 12th. And that is... Wow. I've used that for the last 20 years as a stat of me knowing that I've still got to contact somebody about five or six times, eight times, before they might buy into me. And I always also use an, an analogy of when we're young children and you're asking your mum for an ice pot and she <laughs> says no, as a child, <laughs> this you, is going. You, go, you go on, 
Mum, I want an icebox. Mummy, 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 I want an icebox. And you keep going and going and going. And what generally happens after a little while? Fine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're a parent. I'm a parent. They still do this, and it's, it's so. But, but as so get, annoying. It's so annoying. But as we as we get adults, we kind of lose that kind of. Oh, okay. She said no, and 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 we go away thinking, oh, well, they said no. Not fully understanding what that no actually meant. Was it no for mm-hmm. now? No indefinitely? No, what was that? So, yeah. I, I, you know, you're absolutely right. Persist, persist, persist. Carry on. Um, don't lose heart. <laughs> Just keep going. If you want it bad enough, you're going to get it. Yes, yes. Well, so we always start the interview with talking about art and creativity. And you're not really an artist per se, but you are intrinsically linked to the creative field. You're the CEO of Creative Industry Association. Can you tell me a little bit about how you started this and what it all means? What does Creative Industry Association mean? Okay, you put that so politely. Thank you so much. (laughs) No, No, I am not an artist. I am not a creator of anything other than possibly a mess um and you've, my, you've created uh, a business i've created a business which is fantastic and, and, and that's what essentially what i do um but i've been in the craft hobby and arts industry for almost two decades now um running mm. trade publications consumer publications websites you know i was in in the industry when websites start for first started to come out and then there was YouTube and podcasts and all these things. Um, You're dating yourself, Craig. Yes, I know. I, know. <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of feel like I have to justify myself and why I'm not a great artist. But, but, but how, I justify right. it, how I justify that is that I think I'm, I know a lot about the industry and what people have to go through to get to where they want to go. So that's Which is why you're on the show. Which is the business side of things, which, which I hope yes. you that I'm very good at. Um, so I started... Um, uh, working for an association uh, for the UK side of things nine, nine years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I then wanted to kind of just branch out and be more inclusive, more independent, be able to offer members more inf- information, help, support and advice. So Creative Industry Association is an association that gives individuals all the help, support and advice for their business and for them in terms of business mentoring, business strategic planning on what they want, mm-hmm. what their goals and dreams are. I'm the guy mm-hmm. that they talk to, that we plan it all out. We try to work out what's going on and connect them with the right people that they want to, to, to connect with and get them forward. Um, we try to give them networking possibilities, connection opportunities. Mm-hmm make sure that their business and themselves are empowered to push on and gives them a competitive edge and a bit of knowledge and credibility. So the association is, is, is all about members, me working with members uh, individually, understanding what they want, what their goals and mm-hmm. dreams are. And then t- together we kind of work out a plan of action on how they can get there, what they need to do um, so that they're, they're, they're ready and they can, they can uh, kind of get their dreams and goals as yeah a, as fantastic a you are a mentor to creatives essentially 
Essentially, yes. Yeah, I hope so. A, a mentor and connector of people is, is, is what I do best. Um, mm -hmm. and, I've, and I've, you know, hopefully members appreciate what we do, what I do here. Now, what fields of art do you specialize in or do you help everybody? Is it mainly for people in um, art licensing and who are trying to break into uh, more of the craft industry or do you help no. fine artists as well or um we had some interesting we had don mates on the show who is part of the field of fantasy art um, yeah actually you know who i'm talking about yeah yeah he's awesome yes, amazing he's done um all these amazing covers for stephen king and azek eisenhoff and he did the uh he did the logo for captain morgan the original captain morgan on the bottle and, you know, so that's a whole nother genre. Yeah. What do you specialize in? Well, I'm, I'm quite lucky because I'm, I'm the business side of everything. Yeah. And generally, it, most things, especially in the creative industry, creative arts industry, arts design is, is, is fundamentally the same. Um, mm. So I actually help. My, my skill set is being able to look, at a business and look at a person from the outside in and then mm -hmm. kind of connect them with the right people. Now, my, my database of, of people is far and wide. It's not just in the craft, hobby, card making, sewing, knitting side. It's from art licensing to brand licensing to TV shopping to film work to, oh, to, fantastic. to cartoons and illustrations. Um, it's quite in depth, and you're a one-stop shop. I am. I, I, what I try to say to people is, if I don't know it, then I'll be open and honest with you and say, look, actually, this is outside of my depth, but I know somebody that will be able to help you. The only way that we can know if we, if we, if we're able to work with each other is by talking. Um, mm -hmm. and and I'm and I'm quite open and honest to say, look, if I can't help you, then I can't. But I actually know somebody that. That might be able to, or there might be another association or another business mentor that 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 is far better fit for you, because you want to make sure that whatever happens, you you are in the right with the right person that can get you where you want to go to. Um, mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's no point spending time and energy, your time and energy, their time and energy, if it doesn't fit. So you've got to be quite open and honest with all these sorts of things. Right, right. So let's talk product. So you help everybody in the creative fields find a good match. But I always talk about how we need to start thinking about our art as a product. I, I don't know if this is true of everybody, but for me personally, my art is a memory of a time or an experience or, or just a lot of things. And so for me, selling the original fine art was always very difficult because I'm selling a memory. And so I tend to hoard it a little bit. But when I started thinking about my art as more of a product, I was able, especially with art, learning about art licensing and putting your artwork on a product instead of selling the original, it became much easier. So what's your take on um, products in thinking about your artwork in terms of products and maybe creating a product ladder? Yeah, I think um, you've always got to look at Whatever you do, you, all, you always do something that you, you put your heart and soul into. 
Um, yeah. Because that that's what makes a great artist, and people can see that they resonate with that. But also, there's got to be a bit of you that that has to treat that as a business, as a product. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's what's going to put food on the table. It's what's going to get you, you know, pay the rent, the mortgage, everything else. So you do have to start looking at it as right. I've got to work out what I need to, what money I need to survive on. And what I try to do, how I try to advise people is work out on a month to month basis what you need to survive on. What is, what is the bottom line that you need to survive on? Because then you can work back as your product, Mm -hmm. your, like your product ladder on, I, like this week, I need to make X, Y, and Z. Uh, each week I need to make X, Y, and Z so that I fulfill that money that I need by the end of the month. And that might oh, be, that's great advice. That might be that you might need to produce five or six different products within that week. Mm-hmm. So then that gives you then, right, I've got, I've got to make a product a day, basically, to get that kind of money in. And, you know, it really helps you plan. Um, I have a like a spreadsheet that's linked to our freebie, How to Make Money with Your Art, that is a real simple spreadsheet that shows, okay, if I want to make $50,000 a year, I need to have a print selling at $20,000. I need to have this selling at, you know, two hundred and I, you know, have um a, a an original for sale for two thousand or something. And how many of each of these things do I need to get sold to make fifty thousand? So I do have a real easy spreadsheet yeah. um available, but I think a lot of artists are um nervous or scared of numbers. So I like the way you're talking about yeah. looking at it backwards maybe just from a monthly rather than from a yearly perspective yeah i I think working with a lot of artists over the number of years um that they're artists the reason why they're artists is because they're not they're not estate agents or business people or or monetary people because that's that's Mm -hmm. how they're made up they're artists they create beautiful things so the business side of things kind of isn't in their in their makeup, in, in their in their heads. So that's why joining an association or talking to a business mentor really helps. But if you don't want to do that, you want to do that for yourself. My top, couple of my top tips are always have a plan of what mm-hmm. you're trying to do, what you're trying to achieve, whether that is a three, six, nine, twelve month plan, whatever it might be. When it comes to the financials, have a monthly plan. Work out, know exactly what you what money you need to survive, and then work backwards for that month to say, right, each day I need to be making X, Y, and Z. Right. Mm. And if, just doing that for thirty days, I think, would be a lot easier than doing it for three sixty five or exactly quarter right. or whatever. Break break it down into bite sized chunks so that so that after a while it starts to become really really easy. And mm-hmm. what, what, what will actually happen will be that one week you'll, you'll get into kind of your artist groove and you'll make more product than you need. But that mm-hmm. then means you can sell more of it to, to do something else and, and so on and so forth. So then it, it gives you, it gives you time at the end of it. It takes a little mm-hmm. bit of working out how to do, but it does give you a little bit more time than, you then start having kind of what we call a bankroll of product and also money that's coming in. 
And once you mm-hmm. have that, you then have time to plan something else that you need to do. Like, licensing takes quite a lot of work. So does yeah. wholesale, so does retail. Yeah. So those also need to be planned in somewhere along the lines. But that can yeah. be rolled into your monthly plan that you've got already. Well, let's break it down simple. Like, you know, one of the things I learned over the last couple of years, um, you see, for me, I went to college and then even graduate school for art, but they never teach you about business or actual retail sales or wholesale sales, right? So when I started learning all about this, um, it was trial by error. (laughs) That's expensive. You know that, right? I do. I do. I know it personally. Um, So you don't want to create a lot of inventory that you can't sell. So you do have to have a plan like you're talking about. I love the idea of doing it by month. I was recently trying to do it by year and it becomes really kind of overwhelming. But I recently had this idea and I talked a little bit about it on the podcast whereby you kind of think about your work as more like a menu. So in business, you guys always talk about um, product ladders where, you know, you have a, an introductory offering, say like a postcard or a print for like 20 bucks. Right. And then you have a more expensive product, like, um, a bigger print or something else that's maybe $200, you know, it's framed. And then you have the original for sale. That's like $2,000, right? So you go 20, 200, 2000. But I started thinking about it more like a menu. Because you guys talk about, um, well, I shouldn't say you guys because we're all business people, um, about it sort of in terms of a menu where what's the first thing when you walk into a restaurant that they do? They hand you the menu and they offer you a glass of water, right? And then you look at the menu. So the water is like a free giveaway. And then the menu is your list of offerings. And if you're a coffee shop, you might have coffee and donuts or beignets or, you know, pastries or whatever. But if you're a dinner restaurant, you might have wine and cheese and, you know, steak dinner. So what's on that menu and how do those things connect? So my question for you is, um, what do you think of presentation for creatives? How do you encourage creatives to present their work and um, what tips or tricks would you offer for kind of presenting your work in the best light from a business perspective do you know what I'm saying but in yeah. down to earth terms. yeah yeah it, 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 it's really difficult this one and, and it's, <laughs> this is a really well, I don't make it easy yeah, thank, right? yeah thank, thanks for that you didn't you didn't tell me you asked me difficult questions I literally just thought it was going to be, what's your favourite colour? Oh, not, really? Yeah, not, not difficult ones. No, but this is, this <laughs> what's is quite, your favourite colour? This is quite a serious one. Um, yes, it is. It's a double-edged sword here. Um, and and let, me t- let me talk about one side of this. Uh, and, yeah. And, and this is for all artists that are, the way that the landscape has changed over the last year, everything mm-hmm. is online. Mm-hmm. And when we start to promote our images, our artwork, or anything online, our products, whatever it our, is, our products, whatever it is, it's great because we assume that we're getting it out to a wider, big, wider audience. The problem mm-hmm. that you have is very serious, which is that if it starts to sell well, there's going to be somebody out there that's going to copy that, 
mm. and, and sell it cheaper. So mm-hmm. whatever you do, and it's going to be online, make sure that things are either watermarked or it's not the full picture. It's a teaser of what it is. Mm. If people want to see the, the actual stuff, they have to sign up to a newsletter or you know who they are. So you're not giving everything away for free because you, you don't want to do that. That's when you have to do it online. So that's what I Don't the, put high res images out there. Don't put high res images out there. Watermark everything. Also keep a catalog or, or, or spreadsheet of what you've put up, where and when. So that if anything comes back, if anything is copied, you know exactly where, where you put that, where you place that. It takes a little bit oh, of Oh, I like that, that idea. But just keep everything. So, but that's just a warning. That's so, so not to, so that's, that's the part of the double-edged sword. Because what, what I'm going to mm-hmm. say next is how people then get their products out is because the industry landscape has changed, it's getting it out online. Okay. So yep. that's quite you got to do it. You've got you to, can't you, not do it. You can't not do it, but there's sensible ways of doing it. It's understanding who your target audience is and where they are. Now, if you assume that you use Facebook all the time, but your audience might be business oriented people that are, have your targeting shops, high end stores, corporate people, because it's a high end art product, they may well not be on Facebook. They are probably going to be on places like LinkedIn. Okay. If you're looking at just selling to consumers of an age bracket between the 30s and 50s, 60s, they're going to be on Facebook. If you're looking at targeting the younger audience between 8 and 18, 8, 8 and 18, they're all watching TikTok and YouTube. Guilty. So you have to, <laughs> and I'm not that age. <laughs> well, but it's, it's, all, it's understanding your audience where and where you're going to promote your product, get your product out. It's understanding how to do that, for, first and foremost, before you start thinking about what, what the menu is. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you if you use the analogy of a menu, you might have a menu that's full of steak. But actually, you're, mark- you're giving that to somebody that's a vegan. <laughs> They're going to be turned off straight away. So understand your marketplace before you start building in, building in this menu. Now, when you're building this, this type of menu, you've understood your audience. You know what you're going to be doing online. You know where they are. Mm-hmm. So my, my advice is, depending on your level of where you are in business, in your journey. If you're just starting out, don't make your life too complicated. You don't have to have a plethora of products. You can just have two or three. Anything anything that sells, do it if you're starting out. If you're quite a way down the journey and you've got all of the bases covered, then, then brilliant. You can launch as many products as you like because you kind of can juggle a lot more. I think when, mm-hmm. you're just first, when you're first starting out, it's very difficult to juggle so many different things going on at once. And, and you, yeah. then, you then ter- 
I've seen it many a times where people have got burnt out very quickly, very talented, very great artists, but they've got burnt out very, very quickly because they've lost the love of, love of what they did because it started to get too mm. confusing. It started to get too complicated, so they've just stopped. And I think right. that's, a real, that's a real shame. If you can just keep things simple as possible while you're getting out there, then fine. And then you can always build in or, or add on to that menu because something else has changed and you've got an add on something else and, and, and stuff like that. I but, like that idea of just offering, you know, maybe three things is kind of the way I advise people in, um, in the artist appeals is have, you know, an introductory thing less than 20 bucks then have a medium price thing yeah. 20 bucks to 200 bucks and then have a high price thing you know yeah. 200 bucks to unknown yeah most most definitely I, I think just keep it really simple for yourselves um don't, don't it doesn't have to be over complicated and right and i'll i'll always always add on there um talk talk to us um about other opportunities or other products Always mm. leave that. Always try to leave that door open so that people can contact you and say, "I really like that product, but could you do it like that, or could you do it like this?" And genuinely, well, you know, here's someone, a thought. Um, we just had Jennifer Mercedes on. I just had Jennifer Mercedes on, and she's um uh, an artist that I think really offered some actionable tips of how to create artwork that um, wasn't already created. Like if you don't have a body of work and you want to sell it and make it at the same time, she does a lot of commission work. So for example, she was talking about how she went to a vet and had like a little competition where she asked the vet to email her customers and say, hey, if you send me a picture of your pets, this artist will maybe, maybe pick your pet if it's super cute and do a a commissioned painting of it and then we're gonna have a show at the vet super easy super actionable and she said she sold 95 percent of the work and then she's already created a body of work so um keeping that upper tier for commission work open so maybe you don't necessarily have the work already but you could have this low point medium point and then just have that upper price point available which is normally commission work right yeah yeah most definitely you keep that door open you keep that yeah. door open all the time. Um, why wouldn't you? you if, if you've got a, if you've got a skill and a talent, um, you're creating your own product. Actually, somebody might want to use your skill and talent to create their own idea, and you're able to do that. You're able to to facilitate that. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So basically, I guess all you do is create a page on your website, huh? Saying you're available for commission work. It's, a, it's it's just a one-liner. Yeah. yeah. Or even if you don't have a website, I guess you could do it on your LinkedIn. You could, you could do it on your LinkedIn. I mean, once you get once you've got your first one under under your belt, you've done that. Take a photo, get get a recommendation, get a mm -hmm. uh, um, and it and it builds up that way. But yeah, it, it would on your LinkedIn profile, on on your on on your blog post, on anywhere, just to say, look, this is I'm open to you know. I'm open to work. I'm open to suggestions. However, you like to word that, um, because you can do commission work. Not a problem at all. Right. I like your advice about getting one under your belt and getting a recommendation. So, would you maybe 
you know, whatever social media you're on, I would say just pin it to the top of your posts or even um, put it in your bio, right? Just yeah. say, hey, I'm open to whatever. Most, yeah, most definitely. And, 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 and to all those that are kind of thinking, oh, yeah, it's, it, it's not that easy to get commission work. You ask your family. Mm. To do one for your family. Do one for a friend. Do one for somebody, anybody. You yeah. could almost gift it away if just as long as they give you a great recommendation. And this is if you're starting, anybody can do this. You know, and get, yeah. a, get a testimonial so that it's really good. So you, people, they go, oh, right, she does actually do great work. Rather, rather than it just being a tailor, actually getting a recommendation from somebody else, from your customers, from everybody is brilliant. That's how we, you know, as, as, as consumers are buying stuff, if you bought from, from various different online sales sites, you always read the recommendations anyway from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if, and if, it, if it's the best thing, you kind of look at the website, oh, who else has uh, worked with them or done anything? So if you've got that in your on your site, on your blog, on your Instagram, uh-huh. or wherever it is, use them. Use them as much as you can. You know, I got to do that. I, I don't have it anywhere on any of my stuff. Of course, I haven't been open to commissions, but you've convinced me. I got to do it, man. I got to open myself up to commissions and put it out there. But it's not even, <laughs> I, 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 you don't have to, it doesn't have to actually just be commissions either. It can be any consumer feedback that you have that you can get hold of. What do you mean, on, consumer feedback? Consumer, consumer feedback or any feedback. So if anybody's mm-hmm. bought, if anybody has bought or worked with you mm-hmm. or, or bought anything from you, worked with you, Ask them for feedback. Ask them for a testimonial. Ask them for would you would you recommend me? Could I ask for, could I ask you for a, a couple of lines of uh Erin, it was great talking to you. Um uh, had a fantastic time. I wish everybody, everybody needs to talk to you. And that just goes on your post to go, I've got a recommendation. And the more you build that up, the more people read that and go, I've just missed out on that. I would have worked with Erin. <laughs> why, 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 why is my why is my testimonial not on there? And that can and when, when a, if a consumer buys from you, you, you you've sold them a postcard or, or mm-hmm. a painting or a print or whatever it might be. Ask them, did they like it? Could could you recommend me? Could you leave me five stars? Could you leave me this? Could you leave me that? Because yeah, people... it's a great tip for presentation. We don't do it enough, and it's just so simple to to say, "Hey, did you like it? Did you like it? Could you? Yeah. Because yeah. It, because now again, with, with the landscape changing and everything is online, people are buying more and more online. They're buying from their phones, but they are mm-hmm. also reading those testimonials. Are you good to work with? Are you? You know, is was the product that somebody else bought really good? Did they love it? Was it on time? Was exactly right. All of these right. sorts of things. All of these sorts of things. Yeah, um, and that's how you educate your market. Um, I think that's a great presentation tip, and and it's a great way to educate your market is with other people's reviews, right? Other people's advice, because nobody wants to say I'm awesome, so exactly. let somebody else do it. Let somebody else do it for you. Brilliantly. Are you enjoying the Artist Appeals? I know I love recording it. This is just a quick break to encourage you to get your free download of the top four things that you can do to make money with your art at howtomakemoneywithyourart.com. 
So get your free download at howtomakemoneywithyourart.com today. And now back to your regular program. So what do you recommend for educating your audience for creatives? You know, a lot of us um, creatives have trouble uh, being consistent in our marketing efforts. Maybe we, um, or even if we've been consistent, you feel like after a time, like you've been blogging into a black hole. I mean, certainly I have blogged, I have done this, I've done that. I've been on the internet for years and years and years. And you kind of hit a point where you're like, oh, this isn't working. So what do you recommend or think about when you're teaching your, um, helping your customers learn how to market and educate to their target market. Yeah. Um, again, we've said this before and I'll say it again. Plan, 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 have a plan, mm. have, a, have a reason, have a plan, register the results, what works, what didn't work. Everybody is completely different. Everybody, all your customers will be completely different to my customers. Um, they would be completely different to Aaron's customers. They were completely different to everybody else because they're your customers. Mm -hmm. People buy from people. People buy from you. Um, so you have to work out what that is. But that's also having a plan and consistency. Uh, I love that people buy from you because I've heard that other places, that people buy story or people want to buy from people that they like. That they they no. like and they do they buy people buy from you. We're all human, and we all in business. Uh, funny enough, uh, a good friend of mine said to me, "We're business people always or, or have done focused all their time and energy on all the people that don't like them mm. because they want they want everybody to like them, but actually we shouldn't do that. We should just focus on the people that like you." Focus on where they are, and th th those will buy from you, and then that will expand. Now, how you do that, how you market yourself, is to work out where they are. Where it may well be simple email conversations, or mm -hmm. Instagram, or TikTok, or wherever that might be. But it is consistency. It is little and often. So you little and often. I like that. Little and often. So it could hmm. be. Anything. It could be about what is your insp your inspiration that day. It could be what your thoughts are today. It could be anything, but it's little and often. It doesn't always have to be a sales message, because people, will, as artists, people want to know who you are. What are you mm -hmm. doing? You don't have to give them all the tricks, tips, and techniques that you do. You've got a you've got a skill that is a God-given skill, a talent that nobody else has and all will ever have. So nobody can ever take that away from you. Nobody ever can take the you away from you. Fact. Mm. And nobody can copy that. So have that empowerment of knowing that, first of all. And then mm, realize like then, real, then realize that people will buy from you because people will, there's going to be people out there that love you. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be people out there that don't like you and don't like what you do. But so True. what? Who cares? Let them deal with it. They can have something else. Um, so but understand that. Once you understand that, then start getting out to where those 
those people are that love you, whatever platform, social media, telephone, email, letter, whatever it might be, and communicate with them little and often. Little about, and often. About mm. who you are, about what you're doing, how you're feeling, what's going on, what inspired you. Start building up a story so that they kind of get to know you. It doesn't always have, like I said, it does not always have to be a sales message. It does not mm-hmm. always have to be serious. Now, I'm not going to let you go on this one because I heard you say track it. And I actually think that's okay. the hardest part for people. I've got lots of artists that have given us examples of ways that they do little and often. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, Elizabeth St. Hillard was on and she was talking about how she, as she's creating, she'll take a photo, post it, create some more, take a photo, post it. And she'll post, you know, four or five, six times a day as she's working. But I think the hardest part is the tracking. You got any tips or tricks, anything you like to use um, or share? You know, you can get quite complicated and invest in tracking mechanisms and Google Analytics and yeah, yeah. all of this palaver. But if I'm totally honest palaver? with you... Palaver. 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 What's that? Palaver. It's an English <laughs> word for... Um, uh, problems I don't even know myself now, but it, it's... it's a, it, it, <laughs> It's all it's complicated. Stuff. It's stuff. It's a lot of things in, in, in one in one thing. See again, Erin, you're using you get me to use big words and ask me <laughs> difficult questions. <laughs> I'm sure I got brought into this by you saying, What's your favourite colour? <laughs> really? This is unbelievable. <laughs> so so, 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 so go back and so tracking. There's so Craig, some, what is your favourite colour? What is my, my favorite color is yellow. Really? It, yeah, it's sunshine color. It's bright and happy. I think that's the first time I've ever heard that. Most people's favorite color is blue. Oh. No. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a specific color as well. It's a Daytona yellow. Daytona oh. yellow. It's, it's a very bright um, yellowy orange. I love it. It just makes me very, very happy. Yeah, it is a happy color. Fantastic. Anyway, we digress. I'm so pleased. Is that the end? Was that the end of the podcast? Can I go now? You're off all um, so we're going back on tracking. Now you you can. There's lots of things that you can. Lots of mechanisms that you can buy into that you can purchase and you can log into and everything else. But honestly, wholeheartedly, your tracking is. I put this picture up. Four people liked it. Seven people commented on it. Uh-huh. And that was that day. That is basically all I do. It's you just not... look at engagement, right? That's the fancy term is engagement. But you oh. look at who liked it and who responded to it. Yeah, who, it's engagement. Who liked it, who responded to it? That's, that's I like it. Do you put it in a spreadsheet or you just put it in your head? Um, I, A good friend of mine keeps laughing at me because she says I live my life by spreadsheets. And I, I generally do. I, I, I put it on the spreadsheets just so that I can look back at it and go, well, actually, I, I posted a, um, a picture of my dog and it got four likes and four comments. I'll do another one later. Only because mm-hmm. I can look back at it and, 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 and can see what it was. Uh, but I do like, I do like spreadsheets and they don't take long. Once you, once you get the setup of them, mm-hmm. they're, they're fine. And then you can just revert back to what you did and where you are. Obviously, you can, you, if you want to go more advanced, you can do tracking codes and, and, and there's p- things like Hoot Suite that you can buy into that track it all for you and various mm-hmm. other pieces. 
but I like keeping my money for myself. <laughs> so Excel spreadsheets are fine by me. Start simple. And, oh. you know, um, so I'm always on the go and I have young kids. You can do Google spreadsheets now right on your iPhone. You can do Google spreadsheets on your iPhone. You can have Dropbox on, on, on your iPhone. You can have a thing called Trello that I use on my iPhone. There's, there's lots of things. You know, I've heard of Trello. Nobody's on the podcast has been talking about using it yet, but i got to look into that. You like Trello? I, 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 I use it all the time because it's my contact database. It gives me boards and really? plans. Yeah. You use it for contacts. Interesting. I, I use it for my contacts. I like it because I can access it on my phone. It's got all my details on there. It's got all my shows and shows and events that I should have gone to or would have gone to. Oh, uh, right. It, it's got all my action plans. It's got my to-do list. It's got actually what, what, what I tend to do is I have a Trello board for every single member um, mm. that they can access so that they, we can see where each other is in their business plan, in their to-do list of what I've got to do for them, what they've got to do for me. They can add oh, so to it. Trello is shareable. Sh- Trello is shareable. All boards are shareable as long as the other person has oh. Trello. And Trello, so again, this is probably one of the only things that I've one of the major things that I've invested in other than websites and contact management for the association. But Trello is one of the things that I've invested in because I, I use it for all my members. But you mm-hmm. can have a free Trello um, board. You can have a, you can download Trello for free. Okay. Um, and that's what so you can try of, it out. Yeah. So that, that's what a lot of my members have. They have the free, free one just so that they can access the boards that I have for them. Um, oh, cool. So, like, so you could work with clients that way. So, exactly, um, exactly right. Yeah, I guess you could use it for commission work. If you were working with a client to do commission work, they could share like a photograph of their dog or whatever you're painting for them on Trello, huh? Yeah, exactly right. It just keeps everything nice and neat. Their contact details that they can add to, uh, add another board. They can tell you, you know, oh, I've, I've, I've looked at this. Um, it, uh-huh. it's, very, it's very similar to... It also, um, what I like about Trello as well, it also ties into a thing called Slack. Oh. And Slack is a kind of messaging WhatsApp board. Okay. So, so say, for example, I was on the, on, on Slack earlier on today. Someone, someone messaged me that they'd just put something else in and it pinged up on my phone. Oh. And, it, and it's just, and we can chat on Slack like we, you would do on WhatsApp or Messenger. But all, oh. of that, all of that conversation that we had goes onto our Trello board, so I don't lose it. Interesting. So you use Slack and Trello together. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I've never heard of Slack. I'm going to have to look that one up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, it's quite good. It is quite good. But again, so I'm, I'm, organization, guys. Organization. Well, you know, yeah, you look, know it works for you. Yeah. Look, honestly, one of the things that that I always say to people is that that. I'm, I'm the association. I'm the guy that tries to get you organized. I'm the guy that will give you, and this is generally with all business mentors. I'm not just talking about myself, but everybody else. But these people are in place to give you the business mind and sense and connectivity. Because what my place would be is for you to do all the creating stuff, all the, all that talent and, and God given talent that you've got, everything that you've got, you do that. Let me mm-hmm. or others help you with all the planning stages of these. You can do it all yourself, and please do. 
but you must plan. If you just want to become an artist for fun, fantastic. God can do that. You don't need to do, worry about any of this. But if you're looking at doing this as a business, if you need to put food on the table, if you need to get, get an, an income, then you need to plan. You need to have a plan for how you make it, what money you make, how you market it, how you connect with people, how you engage, all of these sorts of things. It comes with a plan. And I love that. That's a great appeal. I mean, everybody can use a mentor. Everybody can use a little help. And most CEOs and big time people that have made it big have masterminds or have had mentors, right? Oh, sorry. Just take, take a drink of water while you're talking. Yes. I, I, <laughs> some, of the, some of the richest people in the world that I know and some of the most famous people in the world that I know still have business mentoring. Just yes. because just because they don't tell you about it doesn't mean it happens. It doesn't happen. They have them more often or not. Because business mentors, good business mentors, good good people that you connect with are your sounding board, are people that mm-hmm. you bounce bounce ideas off and kind of go, right, should I be doing this? Should I be doing this? It's another voice for you to kind of have because they're mm-hmm. not attached to you they might not be your close partner they, they they might not be your business partner but they're your business mentor and all they're focused on and all i'm focused on is making your business a success that's generally you. Mm-hmm. so we can't steer you wrong because we want to make sure you're a success so you can still be a member of the association whatever it might be well if you don't make any money you can't be a member of the association because you can't pay the fees so exactly it behooves right. you to help People because exactly it, it's, right. a it's a win-win. It's a win. It's a win-win. That's my only my only aim. I don't mind how successful you are, but I want you to be successful. So yeah, honestly, it is my number one thing would be plan, plan what you're going to do, work 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 that out, and it does not have to be complicated. Also, my other thing about planning, and you know, Erin, we, we spoke about this before, is failing. Hmm. Um, do not be afraid of failure. Don't fear failure. Embrace it. Again, mm-hmm. the most successful people in the world that I know have failed more than once. And actually, a lot of the successful people I know fail all the time. You just mm-hmm. don't see their fails. All you see is their successes. Oh, so certainly. Never fear failure. Uh, one of my favorite things is, is saying it is, to fail forward. Oh, I've heard that expression. And 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 what I mean by that, failing forward is, I failed, but I'm failing forward because I've learned from it, and I'm not going to do that again. You don't mean you're I falling would, flat on your face forward. Not, not <laughs> that's sometimes that's sometimes it, but also you, you kind of pick yourself up and, and dust yourself down, and you move you move on. You fail forward. You move you're moving on from it. You're kind of getting yeah getting over yeah. It. You're learning from it. You, you're it's learning only, from it. The only way we learn is by failing. I use again an, an analogy from childhood um, of, of lo- learning to ride a bicycle. Mm-hmm. My my daughters struggled learning to ride a bicycle for forever, and they just couldn't, they just couldn't do it because they thought that's it. I failed at doing that. I can't do that. But we sit and t- we take our time. We're patient, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it clicks. You then can ride a bike you're successful 
even even when you know you look at babies struggling to walk, they struggle, they struggle, they struggle. But all of a sudden, they fall on their faces, they fall on their bums, then they start walking again. They failed, but they're succeeding. Yeah. You're doing that. So that's what we've got to do. You know, don't fear failure. You're going to fail, but don't worry about it. Again, I revert back to you've got, you've all got this unique, God-given skill and talent of being artists of lots mm. of forms and lots of, lots of, lots of different ideas. Mm-hmm. And so just plan. So find somebody to help you. Find somebody to plan. And you know what? I have failed countless times but you don't put your failures on your resume or your website you just get over them and you learn from them you learn from them again you get get over them you learn from them you you you, you move forward and and everybody most business people will know that you failed at some point in your life Um, you know i heard um a story i forget where i wish i could quote this but the guy was talking about he went to a mentor who was really really successful and the guy was like uh, what have you failed at or something like that? And he told him about a failure, um, a business failure. This big time mentor was like, have you tanked any businesses or something like that? And he's like, yeah, I, I, I started this business and it completely failed. And he was really embarrassed to tell him. And the guy was like, great, I'll work with you now. He's like, what? He's like, I don't want to work with anybody who hasn't failed completely at least once because they won't be receptive to advice. Oh, I yep. wish I could remember who that was, who it was. But it was yep. a big time like CEO that was like, I want to know that you worked and started a business that completely failed. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that sound counterintuitive? Yeah, I, I, I think that there's, there's lots of things like that where, whereby you want to, um, I, I only really listen to mentors that I know that have actually succeeded in doing what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And what, what I mean by that, and again, over the last couple of years, there's lots of business mentors out there. There's lots of people that can get you to where you want to go. But when you start actually right. reading what they've done, mm-hmm. you have to start questioning. Well, hang on a moment. What, what, why? It's similar to it's similar to, um, and I find this very comical for, for me personally. My um, one of my daughters is 16 years old, and she was doing history. Okay. And the teacher that was teaching her history was 21 years old out of university. Mm-hmm. And I kind of went, well, how, how do you know about history? Okay, you, you've gone and studied it, but what have you, where? Just at university, she's not, she's not visited any country, she's not gone anywhere. All she's learned is from the textbooks. Right, said, so she's oh. kind of repeating. She's kind of repeating. And I, I sat down with my daughter and I t- I've been, I've tra- been lucky that I've traveled the world quite a bit and I've, I've, I've been to Italy and, and, and the mm, UK fantastic. itself. UK itself is steeped in history and the things that I was telling her were stuff that I've learned because of years I've been, I've been alive but stuff that I've also heard. And I always mm-hmm. think that, that, that when you are looking at a business mentor, when you're looking at a teacher, when you're looking at anybody, look at their, look at their credibility and where they've come from and what they've done first of all. Also, never, never, never assume People are who they say they are. Um, mm. always, you kind of always, I, I get this sixth sense about people, whether I, like, whether I like them or not. And I think we should always judge that. If you don't like somebody, then don't, 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 you don't have to work with them. We're all human. As I said before, we are all human. 
Um, yeah, and find somebody that's a good match. Find, find somebody that's a good match. Find somebody that you feel comfortable with, if, if it's a business mentor, if it's a partner or anything like that. Um, but ch check them out as well. But don't forget, your, your business needs to needs to be strong. And the only, the only way your business will be strong are the links that hold that together, which is you and the people around you. Mm. I like that. Good advice. And, you know, that actually really kind of brings us to licensing and contracts because licensing and contracts are um, just working with other people. You know, you want your contracts and so forth and so on to be with people that you want to work with, right? Yep. So what I kind of try and do in this section is always ask about um, important terms in plain English that people should look for in a contract. What kind of advice would you give creatives or do you review contracts for your clients? I, am, I imagine oh. you're pretty familiar with the licensing um, landscape, yeah. if you will. Oh. So share some of your expertise. Yeah. Give it to oh, us. I Oh man, <laughs> all, all the time. I, I really hate reading some of these contracts, but because my gosh, they can be wordy and long-winded, just to kind of say you need to design something in twenty-four days, and we give you money. And it can be a twenty-four, <laughs> 24 page document just to tell you that. So yeah, they can be difficult. Um, one of one of my top tips is all couple a couple of things. Don't ever be afraid to get advice about a contract. Mm -hmm. Even some of the top top lawyers can't understand them. Um, so get, get advice. One of the other things is always understand what your get out clause is of a contract. Mm, what get time, out clause. What, your what get does that mean? Clause, your get out, when you can end that contract. If something doesn't work, when can you cancel that contract and what do they owe you or what do you owe them always understand when you can cancel it because with most artists you don't want to be tied into a contract for years yes you, you because again the business landscape changes at the moment it seems to be changing on a monthly basis so you, mm -hmm. don't, you don't want to be tied in to a long, long contract. It's similar to having a, a cell phone contract or a mobile phone contract. Here, oh, in okay. the, here in the UK, I'm tied into a two-year contract with my phone. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many f new phones <laughs> are made within two years that I want? <laughs> and I can't get out of it. So I'm walking around with a two-year-old busted up phone but what i'm saying it's, it's similar to these contracts you want to make sure that you know when you if the if it doesn't work out for whatever reason how can i cancel that contract the other thing is for licensing is what understand and make sure you are clear of what it is that you have licensed what you can do what you can't do mm -hmm. Is there is there an MOU document with this contract? An what does MOU stand for? An MOU document is a memorandum of understanding. Memorandum. Ooh, big fancy terms. It big fancy terms. <laughs> it's um 
it, it even sounds like I know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> big fancy, big fancy word. Um, uh, an MOU, a uh, memorandum of understanding, is a document that's that states who does what and when. Okay. So that the licensee is going to do X, Y, and Z by this date. The artist mm-hmm. is going to do X, Y, and Z by this date. And it is a one-page document, clear understanding of where, when, how, of what's going on. And it's it, deliverables. It's, 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 okay, you it's do this, I'll do that. Exactly, exactly, exactly right. But it's a clear, defined document of what is going on. Now, that can change. That can change over the course of the project because sometimes mm-hmm. it finish early, whatever. But it is it is a clear understanding. When it comes when it comes to, and that should be a part of your contract, so you mm-hmm. clearly understand what it is. One liner, what it, what I'm doing. Also, also on your contract, one of the biggest biggest things for me is working out when do you get paid. Mm. When is my payday? What is it? Very important. Very, very important because sometimes they'll say to you, it's 60 days. Okay. But when is that? 60 days of when I've given you the design or when you've sold that product or when you get the sales through. So that could be three, six, nine months down the line. Yeah. So it's And if un- you need that money to pay your mortgage. If you need that money to pay your mortgage. Because lots of people, I've seen this time and time again, they've, they've gone, yay, I've got a licensing contract. And they're, they're waving it, brilliant, brilliant. And it's going to be £3,000 or whatever, $3,000 or whatever it might be. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. And they go off and spend that. Uh-oh. But then 60 days down the line, they're asking me, they've still not paid me. Well, no, they, they're not due to. They're, they're, you're nine, you've got 90 days. Right. So, so, just please, 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 please understand when you get paid. Understand, I like that, yeah. understand what you what you're giving them and what they have control of. Mm-hmm. Never, never, ever, ever, unless they're giving you millions, never give them everything. What do you mean by everything? I think I think sometimes when you license products, they they ask you for. Act- the world, the moon on the stick. They they want to make sure that they've they've got every base covered. That you then can't do anything else with that artwork. Exclusivity. Exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Um, That's unless, the term that we have around oh, yeah. here. Yes, is exclusivity. Yeah, most definitely. There are there are things that you can do exclusive to people, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. As long as the price is right, but maybe. <laughs> Make sure that it's always about the price. It's always about the money. But make sure when you sign these contracts that also that it, say for example um, you, you've you've designed uh, um, a sketch, whatever it might be, and it's going to be used for cushions and fabric and mm-hmm. paints and home decor and absolutely everything. You then cannot use that image anywhere else. They actually own the rights to that. Um, but you can. You you basically outline that in the contract, right? You, you outline that in the contract. Just be very very clear on what you can and can't use. If it is exactly. if it is exclusive, if it's ex- an exclusivity contract, make sure you understand that. 
because otherwise they could work, they could be worded that actually they might own you to do absolutely everything for very little money. Right. So, I mean, we've talked about this in other, um, other episodes, but basically you need to define what they can use it on, what types of products, what region they can use it in, and for how long, right? Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, those are basic contracts, um, terms that, that uh, everyone should know about and, and, and be reading. Um, yeah. But it is also defined the terms, the timings, uh, most definitely, most definitely. Um, yeah. But again, but again, my my normal rule was get somebody to have a look at it, read it, somebody that actually knows about contracts um, mm-hmm. before you sign that, um, because you want to make crystal clear that you know exactly, like I said, what it's for, what's happening with it, what what the terms are, what the times are, when you get paid. Yeah, and you help you help creatives with that. Help, yeah, yeah, my, yeah most definitely, most definitely. Um, we have myself. Um, I also have um, lawyers um, that back me up that I send things off to. They just read it over quickly, and they're good with that. Um, we have um, solicitors that that help us out as well. So it's not all. I say I read these contracts. And I, I glance at them. If I don't understand them, then I send them off to to my lawyers. But that's all included in the membership price as well for, for members. But don't forget, again, if you if people do know lawyers, use them because they'll know the terminology, they'll know to look out. It's always good to get somebody else just to just to pass their eye over it before you sign any contract. Yeah. Great advice, great advice. And finally, success. How do you measure success? You know, um, what it makes you feel successful? How do you measure it? And, and how do you celebrate it? Because I know sometimes we as creatives, as business people, we just go, 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 go. We hop from one project to the next and we don't really stop to celebrate our success. Um, so how do you how do you measure it? How do you celebrate it? How do you share it? Uh, measuring success. This is always a nice one. I always like to understand. I like to understand this one myself, really, if I'm honest. Yeah. I think le- levels of success are different for everybody. Understanding right. your own level of success is more is most important. Don't chase somebody else's dream. Have your own dream. Have your own level of success. Here some, you, pe- some people's level of success is having big cars, fancy cars, big houses, and all the monetary stuff in the world. Mm-hmm. My, my level of success is being able to feel like I've done a great job at the end of the day Cracking open a beer and playing with my kids—that mm. that is my level of success. And being able to put food on the table at each and every every month—that is my level of success. And I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, how how do how do I, I I measure success? That that's really for me. It's really simple. I measure my success is that at the end of the month I have food uh, money in the bank to put food on the table. That is my generally basic level of success. Um, but again, everybody else's level of success is completely, completely different. I know some people's level of success is that they just want to keep going and going and be the most famous person in the world. Mm-hmm. That, fantastic. And they're going to be at some point. That, that's great. And But then... Madonna. 
exactly right. But then, but then where does your level of success end? If you've then become that person, what then? Mm-hmm. What then? What then do you do? What then do you do? So I kind of like like my levels of success. I, I like that. But everybody's level of success success is completely, completely different. Um, and uh, how should artists celebrate their level of success? Personally, personally, don't keep moving forward because there's always mm. something else to do. There's always something else to achieve and have a go at. Do something. We're all every day is a learning day. Every every day is different. Right. I I, I I'm a bit I'm a bit funny when people start celebrating their successes because I always, I always question when they're going to fail. What do you, you mean? know, you have these people that, um, you know, kind of not rub people's faces in their successes, but kind of go at, over and above of being really successful. I've, I've done this, I've done this, this is great. That's fantastic. Brilliant. Really yeah, they're kind of braggarts. Yeah, you don't have to go over the, overboard because as soon as you go overboard, I now just want to watch you fail. I know, ah. it's, a bad, I know it's a bad thing to say, right? And please, no, please. I like it because it's it's you know I think it's what artists feel like when they are talking about their successes. Like a lot of people are very humble and don't share enough um, because of that fear of being like you know yeah. judged. There's, there's there's definitely definitely a fine line. People do want to hear about your successes, but it's also those people that love you that want to hear about your successes. Those mm. people that don't like you don't want to hear about your successes because the first thing they want to do is go, well, you know what, I want to watch you fail now. Um, so, don't, <laughs> so, so, so don't give them that, don't give them the fuel to think that. Um, enjoy, enjoy yourself. You can, you can promote that by, um, press releases, by your own blogs, all these sorts of things. That's great to do. That's great to feel empowered and, and go, yeah, I've done a great, great job. I've done really, really well, you know, cause that we, we, you want, you do want that. But also, mm-hmm. also, I think for, for a lot of artists, a lot of creative people, it's also known that you've done a great job. And the only way that you're going to know if you've done a great job is by the person, the last person that bought that product from you, or the last person that engaged with you or saw your product or whatever it might have been, or, or saw your work or bought something from you. Uh, they're going to love you. They're going to love that's you. That's your feedback. They're, they're going to love you for that, aren't they? It's, your, it's back yeah. to your customer feedback. That's your success. Your success is that you've just made somebody happy. Oh, I like that answer. You know, I love getting different perspectives on the um, podcast, and you really summed it up there. That's a little different, and I love it. It's beautiful. Not a problem at all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, thank you, Craig. I appreciate it. This has just been so much fun talking to you. Oh, I've loved it. I thank you so much. I'm so I'm so pleased that we finally got this first one uh, uh, under, and I'm and I'm more than happy to talk again. Uh, if you, well, if you have me, if people, of course, was, of if, course. If, people, if people thought it was of use, I thought it was really good. And, and and again, I'm happy to answer any. If you get questions, if there's anybody wants to ask me a question or anything, I'm always here to talk and always here to help. Oh well, here. Throw out your contact information. How can people get hold of you? What's your? Uh, we didn't do that. Do a do a little. Uh, where can they find you? 
uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, my name's Craig D'Souza, and that's spelt uh, Craig, and surname is D-E space S-O-U-Z-A. I am the CEO of the Creative Industry Association. And, my email and is that a .com or a .org? It's a .org. It's Craig at creativeindustryassociation.org. Oh, fantastic. Look at that, guys. There's his email address. Oh, my God. Shared publicly. <laughs> Shared publicly. Unlike my daughter's mobile number, Erin. Oh, <laughs> there's a side story to that, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we will put a link to it as well on the podcast down below. We'll link to creativeindustryassociation.org. And I'll put your email address if that's okay. Most, most definitely, not a problem at all. And if people could just say that they've come from you, um, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. So listen to that, guys. If you need a mentor, if you need somebody to help you plan your creative business out, Erin, hit him up. Erin, <laughs> yeah. Sorry to sorry to interrupt. Do you know what? I will what? give. I will give um, free a, a free hour consultation. <gasps> to anybody that comes from your podcast um, to the end, uh, to the end of the year. Oh, fantastic! Fantastic. Well, thank you. That's so nice. You're more than welcome. Very cool. Well, there you have it, folks. And um, Craig, if you would stay on the line for just a moment, I will do. Dave. Thank you very much. Take care, everybody. Do you want to learn how to make money with your art, but you're a little bit pressed for time and you don't have time to listen to every single episode? Well, we've made a free download for you at howtomakemoneywithyourart.com. You can get your free download and it includes the top four things you need to do today to start making money with your art. So if you want to learn how to make money with your art but you're pressed for time, get the free download over at howtomakemoneywithyourart.com. All one word, no spaces, all spelled out. That's howtomakemoneywithyourart.com. Get your free download now.